Hello, and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Man, that intro doesn't come out if I think about it. It's got to let it fall out, and I thought about it too hard and almost didn't. Well, our, our brains are all very stressed right now. Yes. It's okay. Uh, how, are, how are you both doing? Quick check-in. <laughs> how is that's so, how a, yeah, is, that's about right. <laughs> how is social isolation treating you? Uh, um... Boy, I wish somebody had said that to me when I was a teenager. <laughs> hey, teen Sid, how's social isolation treating you? Yeah. I would have said, not well, but future me promises it will make me stronger. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I would have guessed that I had a lot of practice at, the, at this as a kid. I would have thought I'd be a little better at it. Um, my, my cat is looking extra greasy because I pet him so much i'm home so much and i pet him so much and i realized it yesterday like oh no you're the shiniest boy right now get him some dry shampoo oh it's just all of my disgusting human oil is is uh, building up on my cat that's where I, i'm at i uh i like having kids i have this um representation i think of what like my id like what is happening inside me right now <laughs> that because i am socialized as an adult i'm not allowed to express outwardly in the form of your two-year-old yes and so while i'm like going about the day and i'm trying to like i i get dressed and shower and i do some work and i take care of the kids and i try to cook meals and like keep the kitchen clean and do some laundry and like do all the human things mm -hmm. that i've been socialized to do uh my two-year-old, meanwhile, comes running at me, uh, throws an empty tube of chapstick at me, and yells, I ate your chapstick! <laughs> and then runs back out of the room. Did she? She did indeed eat my chapstick. <laughs> oh. Uh, we all wanted to do it at some point. Yeah. We can't judge her too much. So, which I feel like is what's happening inside all of us right now. On some level, there's just a, there's a voice inside going, I ate your chapstick. What am I doing? <laughs> what is happening right now? Yeah. I, uh, the other night, I, uh, I had been taking melatonin gummies while I was at school to kind of help me get back or while I was at school on a regular sleeping schedule. And um, I'd been taking them once I got home because I was like, well, I still got to wake up for classes and do homework. I should probably try to maintain some semblance of a good sleep schedule. And then I ran out and we didn't go to the store, or go get any groceries because we're staying home as much as possible. So it's been a solid four days where I haven't had any. And I think my brain became dependent on it. So now I'm just up until five o'clock in the morning every night. And it's like I'm in this weird sleep wake dream state where I'm just kind of floating through my room and I don't exactly know everything that I'm doing, but somehow I wake up the next day and I just go to class and I do homework. It's finals week, so that's mm. fun. You need to get your sleep, but that is also, I think, an advantage of youth. Mm -hmm. I remember a time mm -hmm. when I could go on no sleep. Mm -hmm. Those days are gone. Yeah. I just realized the other night, I was like, wow, I watched all of Too Hot to Handle in less than a day. And then I watched all of Euphoria and also less than a day. This is that show. There's a lot going on. <laughs> that show too hot to handle. That show is a lot. It's Tay. Are you familiar with this show? I, you know, I, I've seen what it's about. Um, and I've seen all the people <laughs> tweeting about it. I can't go down. I can't follow y'all down this road. <laughs> I went, I went down the circle road with you, but, uh, Oh God, that looks terrible. And how this did you feel terrible. about the circle? I like the circle, but you know, mm -hmm. I do not want to watch a bunch of hot people be frustrated about not being able to bone. <laughs> like that sounds like a, the show that I would hate the most. Oh, all I think about when I watch okay. the show um, is how are they doing right now? It's been a year since then. Well, I know, but like at this moment, oh, in wherever isolation? they are in the world, they're probably socially isolated. They're probably as well. better prepared probably for this socially than any distanced. of us. Well, but I don't know how it ends. What if they still love to bone that much? <laughs> and, <they're, laughs> and now they're trapped in their, their socially distance into their homes. I mean, the, the, Here's the new guy I just, on the episode I saw last night, a new guy was brought in who said he has sex every single day. So what's he doing? Maybe he's happily <laughs> married or settled down. Yeah. <laughs> Have I just been playing this game my whole adult life and I didn't realize it? <laughs> at least a while now oh boy see 
there's this big misconception about too hot to handle. Uh-huh. Welcome to my TED talk. Uh-huh. It's that it's just a challenge to see if they can go without smooching and such. But really, it's to make them have better, deeper connections with humans and relationships. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. I think it's about not boning, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I would say that maybe that's what it's the producers both. want you to think. <laughs> I, uh, I will I'm... say that there was a moment where one of the contestants said, I've never actually, like, basically she said, I've never had a date. Yeah. I mean, more or less, that was the, yeah. it was like, anytime I go out with somebody, it's just like a prelude to sex. Yeah. And so I've never actually had a date where, like, you have to sit and, like, talk. Communicate. And like find out other things like it's usually just like tantalizing each other. And I thought, well, that's probably I mean, like, it's fun to talk to people sometimes. So that's probably a good thing that you're learning this. That's a fun thing that you're learning. (laughs) That's growth. Yeah. It was an interesting show to watch with our parents. Oh, God. I don't know how you're doing that. Why would you I wish, do that? I wish I hadn't. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to start watching it, and they also wanted to start watching it, and there was this awkward moment where we were like, well, am I really going to go back to my room and start watching it on my own computer, and you all are going to watch it in here? And then they turned it on, and I was like, well, if it's on, I guess I'll just sit and watch the first episode, and then it was just all of it was on, and I... It was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would be very uncomfortable watching yeah. that show with mom and dad. It was a mistake. Uh, well, can I? <laughs> I don't know how to I don't know how to feel about the fact that you've made this decision. I've lived with it and it's over and I just it's in the past now. Everything that happens in isolation is just kind of pushed to the, the back of my head. Like that wasn't real life. That wasn't real time. I think everybody has that one piece of media that they watch with their parents and realize pretty early on, oh, shouldn't watch this with the parents. Mine was <laughs> mine was disturbing behavior. Or not disturbing behavior. What was the oh god, the Sarah Michelle Geller and Ryan Phillippe and uh, Oh uh Oh Yeah. Oh they um, they were all sexy and in, in Catholic school. And there was the like the brother sister, oh gosh, like vibes. Yeah. This is always my favorite thing to do on the show because I imagine there are several people somewhere listening right now. They're Cruel screaming the name of it. Yeah, yes. Okay. yes. Not I was gonna say they're either. screaming the name of it at their their car radio or their phone. Yeah, yeah. Cruel Intentions. I watched with mom and dad, and that was a that was a that was a treat. Ah, uh, that was not a good move. No. Yeah. No. I can't remember. It's been too long. Or maybe I just didn't watch sex movies with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, mine wasn't a movie. <laughs> Yours was a whole series. It was you watched a series. A whole sex series. And the with point your of it was not to smooch. Yeah. In touch. So, you know. I just wanted to watch something with Buffy in it. I usually could trust Buffy. Buffy would be bad. <laughs> it's a good movie, though. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. You know what else is a good movie? I was going to say, it's not what we're talking about. Yeah, come on. That was a lob. <laughs> yeah. You know what is a good movie that you, that is family friendly? You can watch with your parents, with your kids, with your neighbors, not now, but in the future, maybe. Um, trolls. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, I mean. Yeah. Well, I think um, there are lots of answers true. to that question. But <laughs> yeah. That was not. Well, you asked. Trolls World Tour is actually very good, but... <laughs> You said that because your husband's in it. No, it's actually very good, and it has a message. Are you going to cry right now? No, I'm not going to cry. I'm just saying, like, it has a, like, there's a, I'm not going to spoil it. You don't see it coming. It has a a message. It's beautiful. We're not talking about trolls. We're talking about Josie and the Pussycats. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, So you had both seen this film before. Yes, you forced me to watch it about You say forced like it's not amazing. No, here's the thing. It was a good movie, but to get me to watch it, you did just turn it on. Yeah. <laughs> just say, no, just just watch it. Just sit. Just watch it. It's it's hard to sell people on it because it was so poorly reviewed. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. When I pulled it up, because I watched it again, and actually, uh, Charlie and Cooper watched it with me. And I mean, Cooper was, they were playing with toys, too. So Cooper wasn't really engaged. But Charlie liked it. I can see that. Yeah, and they both danced around to the music in it because yeah. the music's awesome. But uh, it when you pull it up, the Rotten Tomatoes score on it is like 54, 53%, oh, something like that. I mean, it's bad. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and it, it bombed when it came out. So it's hard to it's hard to convince people who aren't already like indoctrinated. Yeah. <laughs> in the teachings of Josie and the Pussycat that it is a good film because mm-hmm. if they look it up, they're like, I mean, critics gave it like a at the time, like a 47 out of 100 on average. That's um, failing. It lost money. <laughs> yeah, it lost a lot of money. Yeah. Um, it bombed. And I think I was talking to Justin about why this might be true, because as I will openly admit, I think it's a fantastic movie. I think it's funny and it's cool to look at and the music's great. That's First Lady Rosario Dawson in it. And everybody is just acting their butt off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's great. It's a great movie, but uh, it, if you watch the trailer, that might be... I, I think that... I can see it now. <laughs> I think it informs why it might have done so poorly in the beginning. Yeah. We watched the trailer together and it is... A setup for a not great film. The trailer gives you absolutely no clue what this movie is actually about. Really? No. It does not in any way hint at like what the underlying plot is. The trailer is very much like three small town girls have a band and they're going to make it big. But are they going to fight? Maybe. I don't know. And can they be rock stars? And it has that narration behind it, like the inner world. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> like, there is no hint at what is actually happening in the Mm-mm. movie. Um, and I think that that makes that if it was just a story of three small town girls who formed a band and then became rock stars, that is not as compelling of a narrative. Really, if you think about it, we're Josie and the Pussycats in that sense. <laughs> Uh, Except uh, in well, in in the twenty first century and with the podcast, uh, I mean, if you think about it, are we? I'm just saying, are we are we sneaking uh, subliminal messages into our podcast to get people to buy things? You'll never know. <laughs> Listen to still buffering. Yeah, I actually I don't know if they're subliminal. Like we have yeah, a whole no, ad we, break in our we just show. Tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the joke. So, you think you know what you're being sold, and really this everything is just meundies all the time underneath of this. Yeah. <laughs> if you put our whole podcast like through like a, a scrambler and then turn the pitch way up and then play it backwards. Just wait. <laughs> if you play it backwards, it's just somebody going meundies, 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 meundies. <laughs> no, that's not true. They don't even advertise don't on even this advertise show. On this yeah. show. <laughs> it's the one that I want. I mean, yeah. Yes. That's why we put subliminal messaging in. It's not for people to buy MeUndies. It's for MeUndies to hear it. Exactly. <laughs> and want us. <laughs> uh, the So the movie came out in April of 2001. I was looking at exactly what year. Um, and we're, we are going to spoil it if you haven't seen it yet. We're going to talk about the plot. You had the time plot to see that, it, all right? Yeah. When did this movie come out, by the way? 2001. 2001. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I just said that right before you asked that question. Yes. You did? Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was one. We'll just scratch where I said I asked what year it was. <clears throat> it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we'll definitely edit that out. Uh, so <laughs> I will. <laughs> the, so the, the movie came out, and like I said, it bombed. And I think it was because the, um, the critics hated it. Now, it's funny. If you look back, what audience reviews gave it? A B. Yeah. Okay. I think that's pretty Which, good. That's fair. I mean, I would probably give it an A because I love it, but like I get like I could stand back from it and say like, okay, a B is fair. Like, okay, I can see where there are I don't know. I can see where maybe it's a niche thing. Like it is a taste. It is a t- it is my taste, but it is a taste. Yeah. It is one of those films. It's like it's like Rocky Horror, like one of those that you watch so many times and you're like, this is great. But then if you try to introduce it to someone who it's just like not their thing or has never seen it before, they're like, mm-hmm. well, is it <laughs> It's like when I try to show people the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse episode that's sort of a spoof of Rocky Horror, Mickey's Monster Musical. And I say, Um, like, isn't this amazing? And people are like, is this an episode of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? I was going to say, it's not exactly what I was thinking, because that's still just an episode of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. But I just think it's so clever. How how often have you done that to people, Sid? Like, just adult friends over at the house? At least once to me. (laughs) Without Charlie or Cooper in the room. Wow. All right. I yes, many times. <laughs> I just think it's so clever and people are like, but we're still watching an episode of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. yeah. But it is true, Josie and the Pussycats is very niche. So the the plot, for those of you unfamiliar and okay with spoiling it, uh the the plot that's underneath it that is not hinted at by the trailer is that yes, it's Josie and the Pussycats who are 
a band, uh, three uh, three women who form a band in Riverdale. It is set in the Archie universe. Uh, none of the other Archie characters are in the film. Um, but Sadly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they really want to focus the story on, right, you know, right. Josie and Valerie and Melody. And uh, they do want to make it big, I guess, as rock stars. But what they don't know is that um, Mega Records, the label they end up signing with, are part of a giant conspiracy in the record industry where they don't really care about the band or the music. They'll use any any band or music make them super popular overnight by like merchandising the heck out of them and sending subliminal messages out in their music to make you first love the band. So you'll keep listening to the music and then buy things. So like brands pay mega records to insert subliminal messages in their songs, Mm -hmm. you know, to say like orange is the new pink. Yeah. Or buy, uh, Adidas or yep. I want a Big Mac. Yep. I'm trying to think of actual <laughs> examples. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So anyway, so that, so that is the, that is the secret plot. And also they're working with the United States government to put secret messages in the music that will like <laughs> inspire you to like join the military and things like that is the deeper plot. And like, and they've also like, this is an international conspiracy because they're, they're basically bringing in buyers from other countries to see like, do you want to use this technology? You know, you can pay us and we can use it to do whatever you want in your home countries as well. Maybe there's a reason they didn't put this plot in the trailer because now that you're speaking it <laughs> in words, <laughs> I'm like, what? why did I watch this movie twice now? Why, why are we talking about this movie? It is a wild plot. It's a wild plot. They do, they do take it. Well, but I think that's why it's so funny. Because at first when you said like, you know, advertising, subliminal messaging. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, wait, national government? Hold on. An international conspiracy? Well, it is. I mean, like, the, it grows from, like, what you would expect, which is, like, uh, uh, all of, not just the record industry, but, like, all these big conglomerates, all these big corporations are trying to influence you to buy their things mm-hmm. because it's cool. And then they're doing it through a way that we have now decided is not okay, which is subliminal advertising. Mm-hmm. But then they take it to an extreme which is we can use it to control the youth of America with whatever subliminal messages we want. Mm-hmm. And that could be utilized by the government however they see fit. Right. And we could sell it to other countries to do the same for their citizens. And it's specifically aimed at teenagers because they say they can basically convince teenagers to do anything. Fair. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just think it's, it's funny because of the hyperbole. Yeah. And it's sold by... Parker Posey, who is like the manager at uh, Mega Records, Mm -hmm. who like is behind the whole plot, basically. And she's so funny. Yes. I think that's why it works. She's so funny and good and everything she's doing is like, it's so specific. There is not not a, a line or a hand movement that isn't that character. Right. I just think that's funny. I do think that is one of the, the better characters in the film. More entertaining. <laughs> Developed, if you will. I think both her and Alan Cumming are great in that in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I saw somebody uh, tweet a picture of them together from Josie and the Pussycats and saying, could you imagine if we had had a live-action Pokemon movie and this was our Jesse and James? <laughs> it's like, oh, I see it. I see it. <laughs> They're just, they're so good. They play off each other. I, I always have to wonder, like, how much of the stuff in this movie, like, various people kind of ad-libbed here and there. Came up with, yeah. Um, you have to imagine that's true about du jour. I was going to say. Which the, the, other, the other part <laughs> of this. Never mind. The, the other part of this movie is that, of course, bands are not on board with the idea that their music is being used to, you know brainwash the youth of america Mm -hmm. and so if they find out about it they have to be disposed of Mm -hmm. and a new band is brought in to replace them uh and so the band that immediately comes before (laughs) uh josie and the pussycats is du jour which is like a a boy band your stereotypical you know boy band and uh they figure it out and so they are they're they're playing crashes intentionally and 
I just think there's so many clever, like, when he comes in to tell the pilot, like, we got to crash the plane because they're onto us, he says, take the Chevy to the levee. Yeah. I just think there's there's so many, there's just, it's a very clever film. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so they... (laughs) But surprise, Dujour didn't, didn't perish. No, they, dun, dun, dun. they actually landed the plane safely. They just landed it. What was it? At a Metallica concert? Yeah, in mm-hmm. the parking lot of a Metallica concert. And they, they got beaten up. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. It's such a funny... It's it's so wacky, too. Uh, and there there's some, some weird stuff. Like, um, there's this I think it's totally bizarre that they have like somebody who's pretending to be Carson Daly and then they also have Carson Daly in the film. And Carson Daly's kind of like making fun of himself in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um did that make sense to you by the way Riley no. Total Request Live? No. This was one of the things I brought up to you the other day when we were talking about this movie was um I always have a minute whenever TRL is mentioned in like a 90s early 2000s TV show or movie where I'm like Hold on, let me pause for a minute and just do a quick Google. Because I have heard this before, but I have not experienced it. Weird. No, I, I didn't really... There's a lot of that that I don't get as much. I get the, the concept, mm-hmm. but I don't get like the the bits and the jokes as much. Because I never watched it. Yeah. It was a... Um, now it does seem very strange to think that we all watched the same thing every afternoon, like... Who, like so little live television I feel like is consumed by a certain generation it's all just streaming whenever you want you know mm-hmm. like that's everybody watching and it was the same videos every day for the most part it's not like they really changed <laughs> no I mean they would change slowly but yeah for like weeks at a time you'd you'd just have a different order of the same videos mm-hmm. that people were requesting and then something new would come out and yeah. that might be thrown in the mix but yeah um yeah, that is really weird to think about. Yeah. Well, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one of the other jokes about that whole scene was at the time Carson Daly was dating Tara Reed. So yes. the fact that he's trying to kill her was a funny joke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's wild too that they're like, Josie is going to be easier to manipulate. These other two pussycats are getting in the way. So we're going to have Carson Daly murder them. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I, that's a wild, like, I don't know. But again, I, I think that that's what makes the film great is that it's unexpected and weird. Um, Hold on. We have a lot more to talk about. We yes. haven't even, we haven't even started on the fashion. Right. I know. But before we do that, let's check the group message. What do we got this week on the group message? We have a sponsor I want to tell you all about this week. All right. And it is, it's an app. It's a website. that's going to let you continue supporting restaurants in your community safely because there are thousands of restaurants open for li- delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. So DoorDash is going to let you support your favorite restaurants in this time when we all need a little bit extra help. We all need a little bit extra food delivery. Yeah, um, I am so tired of cooking. DoorDash yeah. has really been a savior lately because yeah. I it, I feel like I was stuck in this cycle. I never leave and I just cook and do dishes and cook and do dishes. And you need a break mm-hmm. and our local restaurants need our support. Yeah. DoorDash is the app that's going to bring your food that you're craving right now right to your door. And all you have to do is open up the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting, which I think is the nicest thing I've experienced using DoorDash because I didn't realize that this was like, there are some other apps where that's an option you can select or like if you call for delivery straight to a restaurant, you have to ask for that. But DoorDash is just, they're going to do that anyway. So they're just going to leave it outside your door for you. Everyone stays, you know, socially distanced and healthy and... Our, our DoorDash drivers are always friendly, and I don't know if this is a West Virginia thing, but yeah. they, they leave the food on the door, but then I've had many who will then uh, call mm-hmm. from their a safe distance away from the like road outside our yeah. house and then like wave as we go to yeah. get the food, and I'll be like, thank you, and they're like, yeah. no problem, from far away. I, I really appreciate that, yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're safely safely distanced, but yes. they still, they're still nice. But we still have manners. We still have manners. <laughs> um, so even your local restaurants are going to be on there, which I think has been the best The best for us here is we have so many small businesses, so many local restaurants. Almost all of them are on DoorDash. So I can just pick my favorite local eatery and they'll leave my food at my door for me so I can keep supporting our, our local small businesses even during this time. 
So, Tay, if our listeners want to check out DoorDash, what should they do? Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more and zero delivery fees for the first month when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BUFFERING. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees for a month when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BUFFERING. Don't forget, that's code BUFFERING for 5 bucks off your first order with DoorDash. So, we haven't even gotten into the fashion of Josie and the Pussycats. And I think that's part of what made the movie, like back when I first saw it, what I loved about it was I thought it was also glamorous. Oh, yeah. Right. How do you feel about it now? Uh, now, I is it still glamorous? You know, there's a... <laughs> because I think that everybody feels this way about like the era that they, they like, they were a teenager in that they came to like start choosing their own look. Right. You're always going to kind of feel a special affection for that. Sure. And so like the handkerchief tops and the plastic pants and the body glitter, I'm always going to feel a little bit of like, oh, I wish I could wear that again. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, especially the handkerchief tops. Is that just me? That every time I see them, I think they're just beautiful. They're, I was actually watching this. There were a few things I saw now watching it i was like that looks like something i've seen in a store recently um the uh the handkerchief tops now are slowly i think making a comeback really yes um except i had so many of those (laughs) slightly modified um i've seen a lot of uh online shopping i should say it looks like a bandana top almost Uh uh-huh but it's it's just like wrapped around the top and then it just looks like you've basically tied a bandana around yeah. under your arms and then it droops down um into a little point yeah so it's a little crop top that's very popular same idea yeah same idea little, yeah i, ha- I had similar the movie, but very similar yeah um those are, those are making a comeback not that makeup though <laughs> no it's just i feel like it, frosted glittery yeah yeah shimmery. there was a certain point when we were doing the show and i was watching you know older older shows and movies and i was like that makeup i've I've never seen anything like that. Like the frosted blue eyeshadow and uh-huh. the brown lips. I've never seen anything like this before. And now that we keep watching these movies, I'm like, everyone did that. That wasn't just a movie. That was, j- everyone did that. Yeah. Yes. And it's always just that look. Something super frosted and light and shimmery that's usually not blended at all. It's just kind of like a big swipe of frosted blue uh-huh. across your eyes. Uh-huh. And then... Something dark and berry-like on your lips that have been very darkly lined. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's that's about it. (laughs) And very thin eyebrows. The eyebrows. Yes. The eyebrows in that film are quite thin. Yes. Yes. That that is one thing that, like, I am glad as someone who has big, bushy eyebrows by... (laughs) Yeah, like by default, unless I tame them, I'm I'm glad to see that the eyebrows, uh, that fat is over. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Taylor, did you ever go in fully for the skinny eyebrow thing? I don't remember you doing that. I know I didn't. No, no, I never really did. I mean, I never really got into... I was never really into fashion that much in that time period. So I don't know. Like a lot of these things are the things that I knew were were there, but I I would never have worn them. I would never have <laughs> taken part. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I definitely wore... I mean, not like a shiny leopard print pantsuit with no right. shirt like that's not yeah well it sounds pretty cool I say, now. I'd, wear, I'd wear that now absolutely <laughs> yeah uh and i never wore shoes like they wear the giant oh. plastic platform yeah, with like mm-hmm. the see-through bottom those are so un- unfortunate i kind of do want those oh, though yeah. just to like have you seen the ones you can just put stuff in the bottom yeah. like in the clear platform yeah Really? That sounds fun. You know, just have a little little terrarium in there. Yeah. <laughs> like <a> fish. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would do that. Uh no, I, I just mean more like the the cute, drapey, yeah. shimmery tops. Sure. Those are those are cool. I did um oh I did really remember uh, uh loving Josie's hair in this movie. Um, yes that really iconic scene where they go to the beauty salon and everybody's getting makeovers and they bring in the one punk girl to do Josie's hair and it's just added a little foop on the side Uh (laughs) (laughs) like nah she's too punk rock we can't handle it don't worry we got somebody (laughs) 
they bring her it she does she gives her that food yeah. and everybody cr- everybody claps and that's amazing it. i you know i the other thing that makes this such like a perfect movie for the time is that i was thinking about this as i was watching it they get they have this giant makeover montage mm-hmm. where like they're getting done up because they're just like small town girls right like that's the whole thing like right. they're grungy small town girls and like while they're getting the makeovers they're not taking it seriously they're like throwing food at each other yeah. and how quirky like, yeah and like all that <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly like it's so silly like we're just like whatever we don't care about makeup <laughs> and at the end they don't look that much they different don't. <laughs> yep they were already pretty good at like wearing fashionable, stylish clothes and doing their makeup and hair and stuff before. It's the well, it's the classic movie trope of like you're already conventionally attractive. They were already attractive people, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're pre- we're all going to pretend like you weren't until later when you took off your glasses or whatever, right. and now we realized you were. <laughs> but I, lo- it's such a like it's like a '90s, early 2000s, it's such yeah. like a trope. Like this person was always attractive. <laughs> You can't fool me. Um, I do think there's that the the magic though that if you're watching that as like a a young person, maybe like a young teen girl, and you're like, wow, that transformation. They look so beautiful. Mm. I want some fancy Hollywood company to make me over and put me in fancy clothes. But she, you got to go full. She's out of control if you're going to do that. Okay, you've got to have you've got to have the initial presentation where like you've got the glasses and the braces, like the princess, and diaries. you're dressed kind of like frumpy because you don't want people to look at you mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And then you've got to have like Tony Danza leaves town, and <laughs> while he's out of town in every movie, while your dad's out of town, <laughs> your new stepmom helps you get like a makeover and I think lets you get your braces off early. I'm not sure. That's always been unclear. Yeah. And you get like contacts and like you get a whole new outfit and like a perm and like you've got to go full out if you're going to do yeah. that. <laughs> There's always I that I think moment. I'm remembering that correctly. I man, that's been a long time. <laughs> There's always that moment in those films where they never wear glasses again and they throw them away and I'm just like, are you going to... Can you, you get, see? Did you get LASIK? <laughs> did you get surgery? Or... Are you just contacts only going to wear contacts and then take them out and never see until you put contacts in again? Because glasses are too not stylish. Well, I mean, that this movie uh, did star the, the queen of being beautiful after taking off her glasses because uh, the, the lead actress was also the lead actress and she's all that, right? That's true. Yeah. Rachel Lee Cook. I have not that's, seen she's all uh, that. So... It's. I think it's very well cast. That we we talked about Alan Cumming and Parker Posey, but I think like if you ex- like the the Pussycats are all very well cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think this was one of Rosario Dawson's like first big roles. Really, and she's. I mean, I don't think like I'm the first person ever to say Rosario Dawson is incredibly talented. Obviously, um, no one has ever said <laughs> that before. I know groundbreaking stuff on this <laughs> podcast. Uh, so obviously she's great. Yeah. Obviously she's uh, and a, and a good Valerie as somebody who read a lot of the comic. Mm-hmm. A very good Valerie. Like they even have like in the like montage scene early on where it shows all the stuff that they do yeah. like to make ends meet to pay mm-hmm. the bills and all that. Valerie's got a lot of like um, community service volunteering kind of stuff, and Valerie always was like the one to like be an activist and speak mm-hmm. out and that kind of stuff. I felt like it was very good and reflective of her. Mm-hmm. Um, Melody's thing is that she's not very intelligent. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. I feel like there's always one, right? And like these stereo, <laughs> no, in these stereotypical movies about yes. like a group of, a group of young women, there's always one that's like, Oh, her thing is that she's not smart. Like it- in mean girls, like, there's yes. the Karen. Oh, she's she's not the smartest. And, and that was Melody's thing. I mean, she was in, supposed to be the most beautiful, like always. Mm-hmm. Like uh, in the comic, it was like she walked down the street and people like passed out when they looked at her. Yeah. Um, I do think that they they hit it though with like she's also very loving and friendly and kind to everyone. Mm-hmm. Loves animals, and when she talks, there are always music notes around her. Oh. Words in the comic book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because her voice is so melodious, I like that. I get, I I think Tara Reid like really turned in the performance of her career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is she, what I'm she saying. Is kind of a, a perfect melody. <laughs> she really is. I think it was it suited her perfectly. She was excellent in that role. 
uh, only rivaled by her performance in Sharknado. That's what I thought. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I The first time I remember experiencing Tara Reid was in Sharknado. And I remember you all talking about Tara Reid. And I was like, I, I don't know who that is. And then now that you're talking about her in this film, it's the same person. Mm-hmm. She was wow. she was huge and then she was gone and now she's back. And now she's back in yeah. Sharknado. Mm-hmm. Man, I forgot Sharknado happened. That was like a weird fever dream. And Rachel Lee Cook is very uh, kind of low key. Her performance is a little more understated. But I actually think that's fair for Josie because like Josie was kind of your typical like girl next door and mm-hmm. like not too uh, outrageous or extreme in any specific direction is mm-hmm. how Josie was framed. Right. Like. She's she plays guitar and she's friendly and she's nice and she likes Alan M and Alan M likes her back, but it's not too racy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, like it that was Josie. So I think that's the character. It's fair. And also fix cars. That is a there's a a lot of people, a lot of teens know how to fix cars in the Archie universe. (laughs) <laughs> it's a person big personality yes. there <laughs> i want to know cars this, this dates so far back in the archie universe that the idea that like we're gonna take a girl next door who's like like nice and pretty and relatable and easy to talk to and not intimidating because right like that's betty mm-hmm. that's josie like that's mm-hmm. th- that was the girl mm-hmm. in the comic book back in the 50s or whatever at some point we want to give her an edge so we'll make her be able to fix cars (laughs) what fantasy was that (laughs) because you know that's what it is i mean like these were these had to have been like Mm -hmm. the creation of like some guy was like you know it would be hot (laughs) i'm gonna make her be able to fix a car she's fixing archie's jalopy again yep one male writer did it, and the rest of them were like, mm, "Yeah, mm, okay, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. this this is good. Go keep with that." Mm-hmm. the The movie is full of uh, gratuitous product placement, which mm-hmm. got it a lot of criticism when it came out. Um, but it's like that's the joke, right? Is that they're they're talking about selling things, using media to sell things to the youth of America, and then the film is just covered in overt brand placement, yeah. like. What- it is not secret. And I believe, uh, I believe I read uh, that it actually it wasn't like paid brand placement. That was the joke. Nope. Just, they just had all that stuff in there, but they didn't get money for it. Nope. No brand paid to be part of the film. They just voluntarily like put Target all over the private mm-hmm. plane and put uh, made the entire bathroom McDonald's themed, mm-hmm. and uh, they just did it. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was part the, of the. It's part of the joke yeah yes part of the thing it's part of the it's part of the joke uh that that we are also selling you i mean he even says it at one point because they changed the name of the band from the pussycats to josie and the pussycats Mm -hmm. and he's trying to sell them on it like why it's better and he's like are you more likely to read a comic book or buy a cd or watch a movie (laughs) starring i mean it's it's very over yeah and i like that i like the self i like how self-aware it is at one point so their manager is Alexander Cabot the third, and his sister Alexandria is <laughs> uh, with him in the movie, and he's just she's just there. And at one point, they call attention to that, and mm-hmm. he says, "Why are you even here?" And she says, "Because I was in the comic book." Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I forgot about that line. That's a good one. And it is true. And she yeah. also always had skunk hair. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if those were supposed to be. It doesn't look like roots. It mm-hmm. looks like her hair just grows with a white stripe down the middle. Yeah. Um, I feel like this movie was made for people like, like you, Sydney. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you grew up with the Archie. People like me. You grew up with the Archie comic books. So you'd read about Josie and the Pussycats. Yes. And then there were all those little jokes in it that yes. if you just went to go watch this movie with a friend and you'd never heard, you'd never read an Archie comic book or anything before you wouldn't get, but you got, you got all those, all those bits. It's like when you reboot something and mm-hmm. you can watch it without watching the original, but there are always going to be little Easter eggs in there that you're only going to get if you've seen it right. before. That's like, yeah, I, that's I, true. I read Archie's, but I will admit, I never read very many of like the little separate issues of Josie and the Pussycats, like the, the stories in the Archie's that were about just Josie or like the ones that had Josie in them. I usually just read like the Bettys and Veronica's. So I wouldn't have gotten those as much. I don't, I don't see those bits as much. I think that's fair. Yeah. I, I think I think they definitely uh, did enough. Like, 
I don't, I mean, it's weird to say fan service because it's like the giant fans of Archie comic right. books, you know, the thundering herds of us that are yeah. <laughs> fans of Archie's and demanding more Archie content. Uh, I think it's, it's like a, se- like there are a lot of us who are just like low key secret fans. Yeah. Like it's not a big part of what I talk about. Mm-hmm. But yes, I have read an inordinate number of Archie All comic of them, books. Some would say, maybe, and <laughs> and I do care very much about these characters in the sense that, like, I grew up with them. Well, I mean, isn't that kind of where Riverdale came from? It's like enough people have experienced Archie at some point in their lives that we can put these characters and this universe into a TV show, mm-hmm. and people will get the characters. Yeah. But then we're gonna just wildly twist it all and make it so it is just only related through names to the comic book series but it's still those characters and it's still betty and and veronica and like hair color yeah yeah Yeah, betty's still blonde veronica still has like black hair don't worry archie's redhead has a a hat duckhead has a hat (laughs) (laughs) um this was my other this was my other question josie and the pussycats are in riverdale yes do you think the events of this film happened before or after because they're still just doing like local concerts in Riverdale and the time period of Riverdale I don't think is necessarily modern day. I've only watched like the first uh, season, but I don't think they ever specifically say when before or after the events of the show Riverdale? Yes. Uh what if like this is like I their... think you have to accept that Riverdale is canon. <laughs> And Josie and the Pussycats, the film is canon. Perhaps I'd be more willing to accept Josie and the Pussycats as canon than Riverdale. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like those are two very different dimensional uh, Josie and the Pussycats. Because the Josie and the Pussycats in Riverdale, because they do exist in Riverdale. They're very, Mm -hmm. very different. I mean, different take on the band. Definitely a little less silly. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, who is it? Josie Mm -hmm. dates... Archie in Riverdale, I believe. Does that ever in the, happen in the comic book? I don't remember Josie dating Archie. Or maybe um, it was Valerie. Valerie and Archie date in the comics for a while. Maybe it was Valerie. Again, the, I've only seen the first season of Riverdale, but one of them dated Archie. Yeah, it is canon that Valerie and Archie date for a while. Well, then I think maybe <laughs> you have to accept Riverdale as canon. I don't, I don't think... No, because Josie's always romantically linked with Alan M, who... Alexandria Alexander yep. Cabot is chasing. Do you know sometimes Alexandra has magical powers occasionally in the no. comics? <laughs> what? Some what? Sometimes she does like Sabrina esque spells and such. So so if that every once in a while. I mean maybe because the thing about I mean obviously there's magic in the Sabrina verse that we have. Uh uh-huh. and there's uh-huh. already been connections where the Sabrina verse does I mean they they coexist with the Riverdale on TV that yeah. they are in the same canon. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. So this is maybe the weird third part of the extended universe. Well, and it, now isn't Katie Keene oh, all yeah, up in yeah, there? Yeah, there's a Katie Keene. Yeah, what? Katie Keene's coming. So that's like a low L- Lil Jinx is next. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a low key comic book that like everybody kind of read and some people were like Sydney and obsessed over it, but most people are like, that's fine. <laughs> How is so much media made around it? I know. It's a rich it universe. Like, <laughs> because growing up, especially made for my generation, because growing up in school, it definitely was like I read Sydney's old hand me down Archie's and I didn't know a single other person that had ever consumed or heard of or read an Archie in any way. Archie attempted to adapt through the years and like if you read the comics, sometimes it's very clumsily done. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, I remember for a while you could tell where people were supposed to be wearing roller skates and it had just like, I don't know how that works on an art level, Tay, but I could tell that the roller skates had just been changed into roller blades. (laughs) (laughs) But like the rest of the clothes and stuff were all the same as in the old school. I don't don't know how you do that, but Mm -hmm. like you, it was obvious to even me, like, I don't know anything about art, but I can tell like you just changed these skates. Yeah. I like that that was a detail they wanted to to change to bring it into the modern era. Like, (laughs) oh, we don't don't (laughs) want to scare the kids away with these roller skates. We got to get those, those those roller blades. Like leave, leave like the, the weird, like twiggy, like jumper, the, you know, the 60s style sunglasses, leave Uh all that. But those roller skates. Yes. Go. They really do. And like Archie drives that jalopy around long after like 
We are Internally. in the 90s, and he is driving a jalopy. Yeah. I really wondered if Riverdale was just going to give him an actual jalopy, but he does have like a a weird old car in that. It is an old yeah. car. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. I I would uh, I I don't know. I the one thing I would say about Josie and the Pussycats the movie in terms of timeline is that they appear to be living in a house together and not and like working jobs and not going to school. So, so my, what we're saying is Riverdale took place before Josie and the Pussycats. Yes, my guess is that they are in college now, or like I. <laughs> If not, I, I shouldn't assume. Perhaps they're not in college. Although I always would have assumed Valerie. She's, she was very education focused. But anyway, I, I like they are they are out of high school. Well, but I, I thought after high school, Josie universe. moves to Katie Keeneland, I think, canonically in the in the Riverdale verse. So I don't know. I don't know if this holds up. Maybe this was like the summer in between when they made it big as rock stars. <laughs> Uh, the music, if if nothing else, the, the last thing I'll say, the music from this film is so oh, yeah. good. Adam Schlesinger was involved in all the music and the song Can't You Just Pretend to Be Nice is so good. I mean, the whole the whole it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, the singer is from uh, Letters yep. to Cleo. Did they were they the band? I don't think it was the Did whole they play? band. I think it was just the singer. But I actually think that a lot of. uh a lot of musicians at the time did backing vocals and stuff. Like, I swear, I think Biff Naked was involved in this. Oh, yeah? I don't, I, see, I don't know. I, I, didn't read, I didn't read that far into it. Um, Kay Hanley, is she the one who wrote? Yes, who Kay sang? Hanley sang. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the music is great. I would highly recommend, if nothing else, like, listen to the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Um I have the record. You do? I do. Oh man. It's and it looks like like it's just like it looks like it's by the band Josie and the oh, Pussycats. Yeah. Like it is not the soundtrack. Right. That's good. It looks like I their like record. That. Like it's all leopard and pink and it's cool and yeah. I mean it's it's great music. It's a great movie. It's a lot of fun. Have you tried playing it backwards? To see if they're mm-hmm. yeah, what subliminal messages are they? Um, and we still haven't even spoiled everything. There's still more to Parker Posey's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, you should see it. You should. A good quarantined watch. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. It's a ton of fun and it, it's, it deserves way better than its scores would uh, would lead you to believe. Not much better than its trailer would lead you to believe. Though. No, don't. It, watch the movie first and then watch the trailer yeah. and see if like it reflects it at all. Yeah. Such a such a bad representation of what a great movie it is. Where was this? Is it on Netflix right now? Is that where I, I think that's where I watched it? Netflix or Hulu has it. I, I paid for it because <laughs> I'm lazy. <laughs> I we already owned oh. it, of oh, course. Oh, all right, yeah, it's yeah. somewhere on the internet, probably on a streaming service. Yeah. Uh, Tay, what are we doing yeah. next? Uh, all right, well, well, on the. On the the topic of really good, uh, really good albums, um, may, maybe maybe a, a, a little bit uh, uh, better, maybe even a little better than Josie and the Pussycats. Um, oh, I know. I want to talk about uh, Fiona Apple. Uh, she has a new album out um, that's getting great reviews. It's a, it's a great album, but I want to go back in time and talk about mainly her album "Win the Pawn" and uh, also a little bit of title, kind of the albums that came out in the late '90s that were very influential in my life um but also just Fiona Apple on a whole she's just she's cool she has tons of great music so and her new album's getting like crazy or really great reviews Mm -hmm. rave reviews so yeah I got like a the perfect 10 I guess Mm -hmm. thing wow pitchfork yeah all right I I have listened to about half of it Mm -hmm. yes fetch the bolt cutters is a new album so yeah well I'm excited yeah yeah I think I very, think you'll like this, Riley. Based on some of the stuff you've had us listen, I think I think you'll like some of uh, some of Fiona Apple's stuff. I'm I'm ready. All I've right. never listened, so well, join us next fun. week for Fiona Apple talk. Yes, uh, and thank you all for listening, everybody. I hope you're all staying safe and staying socially distanced and staying um, staying well uh, and as happy and as okay as you can be in these tough times thank you for for sticking with us and listening to our show we appreciate it you can tweet at us at still buff you can email us at still at maximumfun.org the email does work again so 
If you have any things that you're like, hey, I bet you all liked this thing. Do any of you want to talk about it? Let us know. Mm-hmm. Or if you just, I don't know, want to email us, go for it. <laughs> That's fine too. Whatever. Uh, and thank you to the Maximum Fun Network for hosting our show. You should go to MaximumFun.org for a lot of wonderful podcasts you would enjoy. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I am, am too. I mean, how many times is Sydney going to forget to say her name? I was up too late playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> that, that'll do it. I get it. I had to go get an inhabitant another island. Oh, who'd you get? A lion who lifts weights. Bud. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of. Yeah, man. Sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks every week. Myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talking about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more. Yo, what's that show called again? Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.